Section 2 of The Medici, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avahi in February 2020. The Medici, Volume 1 by G. F. Young. Chapter 2 The Medici. We turn from this glimpse of the city to those who were for over three hundred years its most prominent citizens. The history of the Medici covers three and a half centuries, 1400 to 1743, two of those centuries, the 15th and 16th, being the most interesting period of any, both in history and in art. It is a period which covers the change from medieval to modern history, which may be held to commence with the long triangular duel between Francis I, Charles V, and Henry VIII. It covers the time when the conditions changed from those consequent on the feudal system and small isolated states to those brought about by regular armies and powerful countries with clashing interests. It covers the time when the chief political power in Europe shifted from the great independent states of Italy, Venice, Milan, Florence and Naples, to the northern countries, France, England and Germany. It embraces the Reformation, with all that brought it about and that followed from it, and it includes the extinction of the Christian Eastern Empire and establishment of the Mohammedan Turkish Empire in its place, the discovery of a new world in America, the expulsion of the Moors from Spain, and in general the settlement of the different nations of Europe, after centuries of transition, in the localities they now occupy. As regards art, the period is even more important, for with the year 1400 there began that wonderful 15th century which saw the birth of the Renaissance in art and produced a galaxy of great men in every branch of art, such as the world had never seen before and is never likely to see again. The gradual rise of the Medici from comparative obscurity and not by military conquests to so high an eminence is one of the most remarkable things in history from simple bankers and merchants they rose in spite of much opposition and many vicissitudes until they became the most powerful family in europe and indeed until there was a medici on the throne of nearly every principal country they are interesting from several very different points of view the important place which they took in history makes their story at times almost that of Europe. Cosimo Patapatrie, Lorenzo the Magnificent, Pope Leo X, Pope Clement VII, and Catherine de' Medici, not to mention others, have made the name of Medici occupy a larger place in history than was probably ever taken by any other family their patronage of learning and art in this domain the medici have never been approached by any others among the rulers of mankind the rothschilds of their time their immense wealth was lavishly expended on the revival of learning and the encouragement of art in painting fra angelico 
Lippi, Gozzoli, Ghirlandaccio, Botticelli, Lorenzo di Credi, Leonardo da Vinci and Raphael, in sculpture Ghiberti, Donatello, Verrocchio and Michelangelo, in architecture Brunelleschi, Michelozzo and Bramante, with a host of lesser names, all owed much to their assistance. As regards painting, this had especially important results, and just as the age of Pericles in Athens became the classic period, or period of highest development, of the art of sculpture, so the age of the Medici has become the classic period of the art of painting. Their Connection with the Reformation in this great movement which convulsed all Europe throughout the greater part of the sixteenth century, the two popes who belonged to this family were those chiefly concerned, namely Leo X, Luther's great antagonist, and Clement VII, the pope in whose pontificate England repudiated the claim of the Church of Rome to exercise supremacy over the Church of England. Naturally, this again adds much interest to the story of the Medici. Lastly, owing to an exceptional many-sidedness, they touched life at so many points. In statesmanship and financial capacity, in learning and artistic taste, in civil administration and sympathy with the feelings of the people, in knowledge of commerce and agriculture, in all these different directions did the Medici evince an unusual ability. And this was joined to qualities of courtesy, agreeableness of manner, absence of arrogance, and a free and generous disposition, which much enhanced their power of influencing those with whom they were brought in contact. They were not, however, assisted by any attractions of personal appearance, their portraits showing that they were by no means a handsome family, their only good feature being their fine eyes, which were proverbial. These various characteristics make them an interesting family apart from the other aspects of their history. Two grave charges have been preferred against them. First, that they by a long course of duplicity deprived their country of its liberty, and exalted themselves into despots over it, and second, that there is to be attributed to them an evil pre-eminence in crimes of murder. How far these charges are just will be best seen as we follow the course of their history, but regarding the second some general remarks are called for. The charge is a strange one in view of the contemporary history of other countries. For the history of this family embraces thirteen generations, and out of this number there are no less than ten generations to whom no such crimes have been even attributed. It is not until we reach the seventh generation that we have the first murder committed by a Medici, and even that was committed by one who had no legitimate right to the name. While it is not until we reach the eighth and ninth generations that we meet with that series of these accusations, which has been the main cause of the reputation which has been given to the family. Such a charge against the whole family involves comparison, and when we compare even the whole of the cases attributed to the Medici with those authenticated as committed by other contemporary ruling families, not only in Italy, 
but also in France, England, and Spain, it becomes evident that the popular belief ascribing to the Medici an evil preeminence in such crimes can only be due to a lack either of information or of the sense of proportion. Among ruling families of the time there are few to whom there have not been attributed more crimes of this nature than to the Medici. Nor do we stigmatize the whole line of the sovereigns of England or France, because three out of thirteen generations may have committed crimes of this character. Some writers, while admitting the injustice of this graver charge, and while ready to allow that the Medici were capable, intellectual, and patriotic, assert that nevertheless they were grasping, cruel, intriguant, and stained with vices which were rampant in their times. It is hoped that this history will demonstrate convincingly that the Medici were decidedly not either grasping or cruel. To say that they were intriguing is merely to say that they were men of their age. Regarding the fourth point, while they certainly were not free from the vices rampant in their times, the indictment in the manner it is made is an exaggeration, implying as it does that the Medici were worse than others, whereas all evidence tends to show that they were distinctly better in this respect than other contemporary families. This general statement, on a point to which modern histories do not consider it necessary to allude except in general terms, will perhaps suffice, but it will be found to be borne out by various facts in the lives of many members of the family as these are followed. Simons makes a complaint against the Medici that they were bourgeois. Of course they were bourgeois, it is the very pith of their story, and instead of giving ground for a gibe to be cast at them, it contributes much to their honour. It is the essence of their history that they belonged entirely to the people, that their rise began from their championship of the latter against the nobles, and that theirs was an aristocracy, not of birth, but of talent and culture. They present to us in following their story the most opposite extremes both of conduct and of fortune. Marvellous as to their rise, pathetic as to their vicissitudes, magnificent as to their liberality towards objects for the lasting benefit of mankind, tragic as to many episodes of their career, despicable as to their ignoble decline and end, except for one last act worthy to rank with those of their best days, their history is like a great drama extending over three hundred years and played out on the widest of stages. End of section two.